Praise God. Amen. Brother Vance called me on the phone yesterday, and he started to preach to me about the one true God. I needed to hear it. Not because I didn't believe it. I just needed to hear it. Amen. Praise God. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm. Glory to God. Thank you to everyone that's here today. I'm glad to see that you came out here today to be with us. I'm also glad to see that there are people who stayed home and exercised that right to stay home their decision, but I know that they're still getting ministered to today. I believe that. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. I want to say thank you to the Escobars. Thank you to my wife and all that have helped prepare the sanctuary, done the the work that was necessary to have this meeting here today. Thank you for that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. Well, I'm excited to have Bishop Schoonover with us today. I asked him if I could call on him. He said, sure. So, Bishop, we'd like you to come and minister, share whatever you might have with us today. Praise God. What a wonderful experience to be in the house of the Lord today. I don't say that very often in reference to building or place or meeting places, but um, I'm sure feeling that way today. Praise God. I am thankful for the Holy Ghost. I knelt at an altar as a young boy and did as they instructed me, but it wasn't until I was 22 years old that somebody began to talk to me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it was within a couple of weeks, uh, assembling with that group, just went up to an altar, prayed with some people, and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what I was getting. I really didn't have an understanding biblically what that all meant. I just was in agreement with the man that was saying, you know, the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth, and you want to know the truth, right? And so, you know, he was persuading me and convincing me, and I was ready for any more of God that I could get that I didn't have. And I didn't have. I had a knowledge of the Bible. I had family that had attended church. Many years, and I went as a young boy, but all I had was a knowledge of God. I, I, I was in contact from time to time with people who truly manifested the presence and power of God in their life. Not everybody, but there were a few along the way that witnessed to me, hey, they got something. I mean, what they got's real. There is a transforming power in their life. And when I would 
here references to the Holy Ghost as a river of life and as a, a fountain of life from within, I begin to have a better understanding what had happened when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But it was still through the years as I would read the Word of God and experience life. Uh, let me share you one detail, one thing that happened to me. I was probably, I'd been baptized a couple of years, I think. Yeah, I was, because I was married. And then I was making a delivery in a truck. I worked for the Noel Canning Corporation, and they had bought my grandfather's old company. And I was delivering apple juice that we were packing for Treetop up to a warehouse right up here on a Tannum by the old Noel Warehouse Transportation Company, right? And the, there was a problem with the packaging. It was blowing up. It was called a bag in the box. And they had this, uh, you know, Scholey filter that they had, or filler that they had bought from Germany and brought it in. Anyway, this was a new package. And something was happening in the package that some of them were blowing up. Not all of them, but just a few, one on a pallet, two on a pallet, three on that pallet. And it would make a mess. We were selling it to Costco and they were very irritated about the whole deal. I don't know why, but. So we were actually repacking uh, the apple juice in this warehouse on a tandem. And I would uh, bring a truckload in and uh, unload. There was a crew of about eight guys there, and they were sorting out all the wet ones and all the stinky with flies on them. And, you know, these apple juice boxes that were now sour. and It was a mess. But th this is the stage. And so one day when I pulled in and I unloaded, I went in and I spoke with the guys. I, I, or I didn't speak initially. I was listening to them. They were talking. They were talking about rock music. I don't remember all of what they were saying or anything. But <clears throat> when it was time for me to leave and go get back in my truck, I walked to the door. Now, this is the first time I'd ever felt this. But I stopped. Something arrested me. And I turned and I made one statement. I said one sentence. And I'm telling you, it released something into that room. And they all went. And I just walked out the door, got in the truck. And I thought, what was that? I want more of that, whatever that was. But there was an unction that came to me. I simply responded and spoke it out that I've come to know as a living word, an empowered word. Now, we know that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We know that which is born of the spirit is spirit because the Bible tells us this. That which is fleshly or carnal is temporal. That means it's going to have an end. That which is spiritual is eternal. 
So a spirit, a spiritual work will have an eternal work. In other words, it will continue on and on and on. One of the greatest examples of this is when the Lord, well, the God of creation, when he said, let the herb come forth, bearing seed after its kind. And since the time it was uttered, we've been pulling weeds ever since. And we will continue because it's the perpetual work. What he spoke was a spirit word that the natural realm has to fall in line. Let's pray here for a minute. That which is eternal, Father. That which is eternal in us, Father. Let it be manifested, Father. In the name of Jesus, we wait upon you, we trust you, we believe you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I'd like to read to you. In Matthew 24. Well, I thought I was in Matthew 24. Might be 17. I'm not sure. But the writer said that God, it's, it's not there. God spoke things that were not as though they were. Now, this is a principle in the kingdom of God. The worlds are held in place by the word of God. One writer said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one of my words will fail. Well, we know that this temporal world will come to an end. But when it comes to the souls of men, we have been made eternal. When God breathed into us the breath of life, we became a living soul. The soul does not die. It lives on. I did a funeral just a few weeks ago over on the other side. It was actually a, a dual funeral. It was a husband and wife that passed away two months from each other. I've known them for many, many years. They've lived for God. They've attended the congregation in Puyallup. And then we had to wait after they passed away to have this graveside with only about 30 people there. But I was, uh, I can't, I was, I don't know that I've ever been as impacted in this way by that funeral as I begin to communicate the principles of the word of God. Because the word of God says we shall be changed. I got a call one morning. I got a text very early one morning. Testing. From a friend who was so excited. He said, I, I, are you up? It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. 
And, and so he's so excited. He wants me to, you know, to talk to me. And he, and he talks for an hour. And he's talking in, through the scriptures that, that all talk about changing. And he, this is what he said. He summed it up by saying death is not an event. The Bible says that death is swallowed up in victory. And so he's, what he was telling me, here's a 74-year-old man who's staring 80 in the face, who I can tell at times he's looking down the road and he's kind of counting the days. Well, he finally came to the revelation. I'm not coming to an end. I'm just waiting for a change. And we will live on for an eternity of time. The one Bible says, or one writer says, we shall rule and reign with him for a thousand years. The millennial reign. We are not looking to an end. Because that which has been born in us is eternal. The word of God is eternal. A spiritual work is eternal. A carnal work ends. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. If all that I do, even in the kingdom of God, is only a work of the flesh, it's man, me, doing, saying, it will come to an end. But it is said of the word of the Lord that his word will not fail, but it will prosper whereunto he has sent it. Now, I've shared, I've shared this testimony, I think, before. I did it out at the park, just briefly at the tables as we were talking as men. I went through a season, you know, alcohols kind of uh, permeated my family, my siblings, my parents, both my parents, my siblings, all of them. And I've even lost some siblings to alcohol and the effects on their body in their young age, 35 and, uh, well, one of my brothers, he's struggling, having a really hard time, and it's been going on for a long time. He would call at times in the night, you know, and you could hardly even comprehend what he was talking about. But anyway, I got a burden. I got a burden. I started praying for him. Something struck me that I, I just thought, I, if I believe this, I've got to begin to pray and lose him from the things that have got him bound. Now, I, I preach it. I do believe it, so I need to do it. And so I begin to engage day in and day out. First thing in the morning, I would rise and go to the living room and bend my knee at the couch and begin to call out my brother's name and lose him from the bondage of alcohol that was destroying his life. Now, that went on. It went on for months. Day in, day out, day in, day out. And then a strange thing happened. I had saw an interview of an old Hollywood actor that in his heyday, he was very uh, prominent. He was like the Brad Pitt of that day. Okay. To see him now, I think he had lost a leg. He had, he has had a motorcycle crash. Drugs and alcohol had completely destroyed him. He lost his teeth. He just looked terrible. And I was reflecting and remembering. And it, was, I, it struck me and I was burdened for the man. 
Obviously, I have no connection with the man. I don't know him, and I, I don't know him. I did look up, see where he lived. He lived down Mississippi. But it was like I started praying for him, and I felt like the Lord had posed to me, you pray for him. I'll take care of your brother. Okay, so I switched. I started praying for this guy that I don't know from Adam, you know. Not you, Adam. But this went on for a while, and then it kind of just lifted. And then we planned a trip. My wife and I went across the country and stopped to see my brother. It was, he was a mess. We didn't stick around. I was so turned off. I'm sure this is in my humanity, but I stopped praying for him. I thought, man, I don't know what your future is, but I stopped praying. I gave up. And so time passed, and I got a call one morning. It was his ex-wife. The hospital had called her and said, if you don't get this guy into a treatment center, when he leaves this hospital, he's going to die. He's that bad. His liver's that bad. He won't make it. I'm telling you. If he goes home, he won't make it. Before I could reach him on the phone at the hospital, he'd already got out. He'd already gone home. And I, we, we dialogued, and I was stern with him, and he you know, reiterated what the hospital had said and all this. And Yes, I'll do all that. I'll do that. I'll, go, I'll join AA. I'll do all these things. You know, I'll quit drinking. He didn't do any of it. And so now, I'm waiting for the next phone call. You know, Larry, I'm sorry to tell you, but your, your brother's passed away. Well, I never got that phone call. And more time passed. He moved. He moved down to where more of my family was, and he started, he got a job. They said, hey, he got a job. And I said, he can't keep a job. He's a drunk. He's drinking every day. They're not going to keep him employed. It doesn't work that way. And so again, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. And it doesn't ring. And now every time I hear from my siblings, they say, hey, he's doing really good. He's, uh, he's still got his job. I said, he does? Yeah. They're paying him really well, and he's doing really good. And I said, wow, that's hard to believe. Now I'm wondering, wow. I gave up praying. And this is what the Lord said to me. Do you think the prayer that you prayed back then has stopped working? It was a work of the Spirit. It is an eternal work. And that prayer that you prayed back then continues to work. The Word of God will not fail. Now, here's the importance of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because when we begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave to us the utterance, that was a birth into a place in the kingdom that we should live our lives daily waiting upon His Word, His utterance, that which He would give to us that we would speak into any situation. I rode to a meeting yesterday with Elder Hart over into the Seattle area. We were talking about some of these things on the way back. The man, one of the men that was speaking in the meeting was somebody that we knew who was in Washington 
20 years ago. He came here from the south and he went to Issaquah to start a church. And they worked hard for seven years. They prayed. They fasted. They sowed the word of God. That which is spiritual is eternal. Now, 20 years ago, they left that. Now, I don't want to say there wasn't a whole lot that developed there because when you're praying and you're sowing, something is happening. Sometimes we don't live out long enough to, to, to realize the things that maybe started way back then that continue to live. We don't think this way. We think in a temporal way. We don't think in an eternal way. Well, the man got up and was in the meeting, and at the very last, he started sharing some stories. He said, my wife and I flew in the other day for this meeting, but we contacted the first person that we won to the Lord in Issaquah. And this lady, 20 years later, she's still living for God. She's still praying and waiting on the Lord. She was filled with the Holy Ghost, and now she was gathering a group of people. Well, right now, he and his wife are over there today, and they're having meetings with this one and that one and that one. And this started. This is, this is the continued work of God. When we are engaged in the work of God, it continues. When what we participate in as is a work of man, it will end because it's temporal. So it continues on. Let's pray. Father, we hunger for you. We thirst after you. We wait upon you. Jesus, for those things that you would involve us in in your kingdom, Lord. In the name of Jesus, those prayers that we prayed. I think it's the book of Revelation that speaks of a cup. Or a vial filled with the prayers of the saints. That tells me prayers that were prayed down through the ages. He says, I'm going to bring those things to fruition. I don't know what prayers you've prayed. I don't know what things you have waited upon. There are times, I'm telling you again, when you've lived long enough, when you've walked in this long enough, you have experiences that in a moment you know God shows you something. And it's like, wow, the Lord showed me he's going to do this or he's going to do that. And, and there's a witness in your spirit. And then it's joined with others. There's a witness. And then we have to deal with the time that passes. And what happens with the passing of time? Humanity questions. Humanity gives up. Humanity lets go. Humanity begins to question himself. God said to Abraham twice. It would have worked with once. But because Abraham and Sarah tried to make it happen on their own, he came back and he told him again, that's probably my phone. I'm supposed to take an antibiotic pill for my tooth. 
Sorry. Where was I? Abraham. One time is all that God should needed have said it. He simply reminded him when he came back after Hagar and uh, after Ishmael was born. And he said, walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make of you a great nation. Now, he's got a barren wife. And the Lord is saying, I will make of you a great nation. And it was their human effort that said, maybe the Lord meant for you to have a child with Hagar. And the Lord came back and said, and said no, 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 no. It's going to be Sarah. I told you from the beginning, it's going to be Sarah. And at 100 years old or 99 or whatever she is, there's no, not much difference between 99 and 100. Do you realize that? She bore a child who grew up and married a wife and had children that grew up and married wives and had children. And what was spoken was of the Spirit and the promises of God continued as a perpetual work. And we see nations filled with people today not only as a result of him and Sarah, but also of him and Hagar. This is a spiritual concept. We have to have faith in God, in our place in his kingdom, and and pursue to be involved in a spiritual work. Paul, the Apostle Paul, says, I die daily. What he was saying was, is I don't want to be involved in a carnal work. He had such teaching. He had such training. He was trained by some of the best teachers. But when he came among the believers, he said, when I come among you, uh, I don't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. But rather in the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. This man says I die daily. Because even though he was affluent and able to speak. And persuade. He shut that down. I don't want to be involved in something of myself. I don't want to make this up. I want to be involved in that which God leads and God directs. And God manifests himself through. So then he follows up and he says, It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that liveth within me. People have come to you and said, What's happened to you? You're not the same person we knew before. Something's happened to you. Yes, there's a transformation. I went down in a watery grave of baptism in the name of Jesus. And I rose up into new life. Praise God. We are involved in an eternal work. A work of the Spirit. And we need to be engaged daily as often as possible. Living our lives in pursuit of being led of him. 
Amen. God bless you, Brother Flowers. Amen. I don't doubt some of us are sitting here today and we have an amen in our spirit that says, I want that. I want to be a part of that. I want to see that in my life. And then we also say, how? How do I get that? How do I, how do I participate in these eternal spiritual things? How do I... How do I see that in my life? And Bishop mentioned this. He said, it's the importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was thinking as he, as he was talking about that, I had a flashback to uh, the cherry harvest a few weeks ago. I'm a, I'm a city boy, okay? I was born and raised in the city, not on a farm, not anywhere near Yakima, Washington. I've got to spend a little bit of time out there at the farm and learn a little bit of things and how you turn on a tractor and how you change, a, change the water. And, I, and it feels to me like everything, if you're not careful, it can be really complicated and scary. I don't know how, am I going to do this right? Am I going to do it wrong? Am I going to run over a cherry tree on accident? What am I going to do that's, you know, and you start to think, well, this, is, this can be really complicated. And then we can, we can think about these things that we hear in the Spirit and say, well, that just sounds so complicated. I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. I, I might say something wrong or I might not have the right you know, attitude or whatever's wrong with me. And you, and you can bring that to your, to your attention. Well, one of, one of the mornings when we were out there, we had started to pick some cherries, had some bins. They were on the truck. And just so you, in case you don't know, there's a big tractor trailer that's parked out there, and you load that, and that's what they take to the warehouse. Well, that's all fine at about 7 a.m., but as the day goes on and it starts to get warmer, those cherries need to stay cold, and that truck has a refrigerating unit in it that keeps it. You probably know this as much or more than I do. Uh, well, Bishop told me one time, why don't you go turn on the refrigerator in the truck? He said, it's just a switch over there. And I thought, yeah, right, just a switch. <laughs> I've seen the kind of switches that are on farms, and you don't just... Well, I went over there, and sure enough, it was just a switch. And it was on and off, and you turn... And that, that thing, it, that little switch that I flipped had enough power to cool thousands and thousands of pounds of cherries that are in that truck if it's all done right. I mean, I'm just thinking about... The power that that little switch had. And it hit me today. The Holy Ghost is the switch. The Holy Ghost is the switch. It's not so complicated that, oh, I've got to get this right and that right and make sure I say this and cover this and get all these bases covered so that maybe the Lord can maybe do something spiritual. My brother and my sister, don't complicate this. Don't overcomplicate this. Let the Holy Ghost be the switch. Why don't you stand with me today? It's been said a couple of times the importance of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
the scripture talks many times over and it lays out instances of when people received the Holy Ghost, how they did it, what happened, what transpired. In each one of those times, we know it says they spoke with tongues. That is the biblical sign of the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is how we know that we receive the Holy Ghost. Now that happens, and that really is just the start of all the things that have been talked about here today. But it's the switch. It becomes the switch that we flip on, and it inactivates all of this, all of this spiritual work, all of this eternal spiritual work. And we need that. I I know that we want that. I feel that here today. We want these things. We want to be a part of it. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. I encourage you as we pray, if you will just open up your spirit, allow the Lord. This is not about whether or not you've ever received the Holy Ghost. This is about what the Lord wants to do today. If you will allow the Lord to work in your spirit, in your heart today, I know he's going to do some awesome and wonderful things. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, Lord, we open up ourselves to you today. We desire the spiritual work, that which is born of the spirit. We desire it today, God, to be fruitful in our lives to become evident in our lives, God, and a part of everything that we do so that the words we speak, so that the prayers that we pray, even the thoughts that we would think, that they would be spiritual in nature and not just carnal, not just of our own flesh, but spiritual in nature. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would pour out a spiritual birth today, a spiritual rebirth today. In the name of Jesus, I pray that baptism of the Holy Ghost today, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I open myself to it today, God. Come on, would you just speak out the words that the Lord gives you to speak? Let it be a spiritual utterance today. In the name of Jesus, I declare the work of the Spirit today, God. I declare the work and the word of the Spirit today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's seek the Lord for a while. We seek after you.
Let this be a time of prayer right now. A time of prayer.
minister today. Let your spirit minister today, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Scripture says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done. We need that living word of God abiding in us every, every day, every moment. The word says, the word of God is quick and powerful. Quick. That means it will come to you in a moment. The word of God, what it says, the truth of God, the power of God, all those things that we find in his word, they will be quick to us. It's about us yielding to it. When you, just like that switch, when you feel that switch get turned on, you know that is the Spirit of God. It is made quick and powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I encourage you today, don't let any prayer feel too big for you to pray. None of it. When the Lord quickens it to you, and you know this is the living Word of God, quickened to my spirit, we just agree with it, and we believe it. We speak it and pray it. I believe it in Jesus' name. That's how He operates. That's how He will speak His Word to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word of God. Hallelujah. We need it today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen.